Welcome to the Midrange Podcast. I'm your host, KP. Episode 20. Toronto versus everybody. Toronto Raptors sitting at 44 and 18. 6 and 4 in the last 10. Winners of two straight, hoping to make it three after a three-game losing streak. Those losses came against the Bucks, 108-97. The Hornets, 99-96. We're playing spoiler to teams after beating the Rockets on Saturday, 106-99, despite the Rockets not having their new leading rebounder and slash center, Russell Westbrook. And the Raptors also lost to the Nuggets, who are 42-21, who sit third in the West, 133-118. The Raptors t- turned things around, beating the Suns 123-114 and one and then following game against the Golden State Warriors 121 to 113. Now today's game is against the 28 and 35 Kings, who have played well since the All-Star break and sit ninth in the West and only three and a half games behind the eighth place Grizzlies who are the Kings are seven and three in their last 10 and were winners of three straight until their loss to the 76ers 125-108 but they rebounded well and beat the Trailblazers who sit Behind them in that chase for the 8th spot in the West. 123-111. The Grizzlies hold a 3.5 game lead on the Kings. And the Blazers, Pelicans, and Spurs are both 4.5 games back of that 8th spot. The Raptors haven't played since Thursday of this week with the win against the Golden State Warriors with Steph Curry's return and the Kings are playing the second half of their back-to-back after a last night's win and altercation with the Trailblazers Alex Lynn former Atlanta Hawks big man up against CJ McCollum who wasn't so happy about the moving block slash screen he was trying to set on him in the third quarter of last night's game with eight minutes and 50 seconds remaining. Now, the Sacramento Kings have lost Marvin Bagley III, a second-year player who's had foot issues throughout the course of the season and has only played 13 games. But the surprise factor for those guys is Richard Holmes, who has made his first appearance ever since going down with an injury in early January. Uh, He scored 10 points, 8 rebounds last night, and it looked like he will still be that same player he was prior to the injury that took him out for a couple of months. Buddy Hill has also been a staple within the Kings organization, but Rumors have swirled that he's demanded a trade due to the 
way they've been utilizing his talents by bringing him off the bench instead of starting him. He's been the only consistent player throughout the season for them, playing 63 games, averaging 32 minutes, scoring 20 points per the per game, three assists, four to five rebounds, shooting 43% from the floor and 39 to 40 from the three-point line. DeAndre Fox, another up-and-down point guard the Raptors are going to have to uh, maintain and contend with throughout the course of this game that kicks off at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Fox has played 44 games, averaging 20 points, 6 to eight, 7 rebounds, assist, I should say, and 4 rebounds per game, shooting 48 and 47% from the floor, and also 30% from behind the arc with a 70% free throw percentage, which is a good thing for the Raptors if they want to slow him down and get him to the line and have him struggle with making shots from there. Bodong Bogdanovic, I know I butchered the man's name, but he's been playing consistent. Last night he dropped 27, had five rebounds, eight assists, and it was a 7 for 11 from the three-point line. So he was doing everything right in that blowout win against the Portland Trailblazers, who I saw contending for that eighth spot, but it seems that um, they're not being productive at the right time. Yes, they get Nurkic back on the 15th, and maybe that adds a little bit to their depth and kind of their purpose for the push to the eighth spot, but it might be too little, too late for them in that regards if they're not maintaining a winning winning streak going forward. Speaking of Bogdanovich, he's been in 52 games this year averaging 14 points, three assists, three rebounds, shooting 43% from the floor and 36 from the three-point line. The Suns, I'm sorry, the Kings have been a surprise, as I said, after the All-Star break. Harrison Barnes has vowed not to cut his facial hair or even get a lineup looking to shovel distress uh, until they reach 500. He's played 63 games, averaging 14 points, two two rebounds, two assists, five rebounds, shooting 40% from the floor and 38 from the three-point line. He's given you an average of 35 minutes per game. As I said, he's not going to cut his or shave until they reach 500, which seems to be the going rate for that eighth spot seed in that West if uh, anyone can maintain a 500 level they could probably end up playing the Los Angeles Lakers if the season remains the same and goes forward but back to those Raptors who face off against the mentioned Sacramento Kings who have won two straight after losing three straight and try to make it three in a row This is their second last game of their five-game homestead 
on this tear during this course of that uh, OG defensively has been stealing the ball at a prolific rate. Um, the Raptors in general had 10 steals against the Bucks when they played them, despite that loss. 11 steals against the Hornets, despite that loss as well, too. Nine steals versus the Nuggets. They lost that game as well. Uh, nine steals versus the Suns and 10 versus the Golden State Warriors. OG at 14 points, four rebounds. He was five for seven from the floor and three for four from behind the arc in that loss versus the Nuggets. During the course of the Suns game, which the Raptors did win, he had 11 points, nine rebounds, two assists, two steals. Didn't really shoot well from the floor, but the play of Chris Bouchard, who had 19 points, 15 rebounds, seven for eight from the free, free throw line, two for five from three-point range, two seals, and a block in 29 minutes of action. With Serge Ibaka coming back, his minutes have been limited. He was a spark plug during the course of his absence, but uh, he really fit well against the Suns, bringing that energy and playing at a high pace to uh, pretty much diffuse their front court and uh, not be able to use their size against them because of the speed and agility that Bouchard was playing with during that game. You know, despite the loss of the Nuggets, I believe OG had 32 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists. He was 12 for 16 from the floor. 5 for 5 from the free throw line, 3 for 6 from the 3-point line, and had 7 steals in that game, which was a major production on his end. And they did lose that game, but it's been a, a changing in the guard for OG, who's been actively stepping up in passing lanes and disrupting the offensive flow and just really putting a focus on playing that perimeter defense and making teams have to pass and worry about what's going to transpire when he's on that court. And they say defense wins championships, and hopefully that maintains and goes forward from there. Norm Powell has been an added punch after coming back from his injury in that loss to the Nuggets. He had 24 points, six rebounds. He was nine for 17 from the floor, five for six from the free throw line, one for six from behind the arc in 40 minutes of play since being back from his injury on his finger, on his non-shooting hand. And in 38 minutes against the Suns, Norm had 26 points, two rebounds, four assists, eight for 15 from the floor, eight for nine from the line, two for six from behind the arc, two steals and a block. 
followed by the game against the Golden State Warriors, which he had 37 points in 38 minutes, three rebounds, two assists. He was 13 for 21 from the floor, seven for seven from the line, four for eight from beyond the arc, along with three steals. Now, see, with 20 games remaining, in hopes that Fred Van Bleek makes his way back, along with Marcus Saul, and they'll be able to make that push into that second season and add more of a successful win rate to the 48-18 and 18 Toronto Raptors, who sit second in the East, and are looking... for their first win on their first night of their back-to-back, which will be followed by the Utah Jazz on Monday. And this would end their five-game road trip. This may be a trap game, as they should not be looking ahead of tonight's game with the surging Kings. Because they have the Utah Jazz... On Monday, we're 41 and 22 and sit fourth in the West, followed by the Pistons, Golden State, then they're at the 76ers, then they host the Celtics, Nuggets, Lakers, Knicks, followed by a home and home with the eighth place Grizzlies to end the month of March with just nine games remaining before the second season begins and they go on to try to repeat as back-to-back champions and defend their title as the Eastern Conference champions as well, too. It's going to be very interesting down the stretch to see what does transpire. We have the Lakers and the Clippers playing tonight. This afternoon, one versus two, the 48 and 13 Los Angeles Lakers versus the 43 and 19 Los Angeles Clippers. LeBron coming off a remarkable performance against the Milwaukee Bucks, who were just a lackluster type of team. Didn't really look like the same team that's been dominating throughout the course of the season against Eastern and Western Conference opponents. Bucks sit at 43 and 10 now, which is a good sign for the Raptors if they want to try to maintain and catch them. Giannis had a scare late in that fourth with that knee folding under him as he went up. Uh, Looked pretty serious to me. Hopefully he's healthy and uh, everything is a clean bill of health after the MRI. It looked like his legs were giving him problems after those two free throw shots he tried to miss after being perfect from the floor. Was unable to Hit those two free throws. Looked like his legs were kind of still in shock of what transpired previously before that. But tonight's game against the Clippers and the Lakers. Lakers are 9-1 in the last 10. Clippers are 7-3. Clippers keep adding bodies, trying to solidify their second unit while the Lakers have just added the likes of Deion Waiters, and Marcus Morris Jr., which I think is a good pickup for the Lakers to add some character and give them a little bit of a 
set with your chest mentality in their locker room. Uh, a lot of grit and grind is going to take place in the second season. Uh, Clippers got to ensure that they're able to solidify that new core with the likes of more senior Joakim Noah they picked up too, Reggie Jackson from Detroit, um, kind of just pushing away those guys that have been looked out through the course of the season who are putting that time in work. So it's good. It's going to be fun to see what happens if the on-waiters will get a start today or get a shot to play against the Los Angeles Clippers in the second unit to see if he can open up the court for driving lanes, if he's able to still catch and shoot, hit down those threes and make his way to the bucket. And just to see how much of a maturity level there is between him and LeBron James as the history with them in Cleveland was noted when LeBron was coming back to Miami and Waiters was saying he ain't coming off the bench. He ended up not even coming off the bench and getting shipped out to OKC. But he did put up some productive numbers out there and was consistent ended up coming to Miami, showing his skill and doing what he's got to do. We all know what happened throughout this course of the season after the injury took place the season before and what it's been like for him off the court. Hopefully he can have a resurgence like Dwight, know his role, do what he does best and maintain that and give Kyle Kuzma a kind of a second option to get a shot on that second unit and have Rondo being able to penetrate the lane, knowing the fact that they got to draw to these shooters and the Rondo's always looking to pass. So that should be an interesting game to see what transpires. I'm not going to say it's going to make or break either or season, but it's just to see how much of a chemistry fit the Clippers are uniting with their second unit. And just to see if uh, Deion Waiters is able to come in and play and be productive on both the defense and offensive end. Episode 20, Mid-Range Podcast, Toronto versus everybody. And I'm not a Toronto versus everybody dude, but... A lot of those people have been sleeping on them at the start of the season, saying they weren't going to make the playoffs. They weren't going to be anywhere near the top eight. They are number two in the Eastern Conference. They've battled against top seeds in the West and in the East and have still maintained that same mentality of next man up, strength in numbers after losing Kawhi Leonard to the Los Angeles Clippers. A lot of those American commentators thought that it would be a Cleveland saga, but no, they have not been paying attention throughout the course of the Raptors' history because one player does not make or break this organization as it did in Cleveland. So feel sorry for the fact that Cleveland can't rebuild and can't get better and appreciate the fact that the Toronto Raptors are still staying relevant and competing despite the fact of losing a a great two-way player that they picked up on a exile trade from the San Antonio Spurs to us. Appreciate what transpired with that breakdown and breakup. We got the benefit of the doubt on that, a championship on our end. But for those people that are sleeping on the Raptors and thinking they're going to fall off just because they lost Kawhi Leonard, wake up, reevaluate your ball and basketball IQ. And just know that a team chemistry is a lot better than a superstar chemistry. 
Because once you lose your superstar and your team's not there, look at Cleveland. Falling off the map. Regardless of what they get, they can't get back because their chemistry for team, not there. The Raptors believe in each other. Everyone in that locker room is together. One goal. All those guys have stepped up. OG, Siakam, Lowry, Van Vleek, Serge Ibaka, Patrick McCaw off the bench, Davis off the bench, Bouchard off the bench, and if I'm missing people out there, Raptor fans know who they are. Coach of the year, I'm going to Nick Nurse because nothing has dropped off from where it has taken place in Toronto. Grizzlies are having a great push. No one expected them to be in the playoffs. But then they see compared to a second place finish when supposedly we lost the best player in the world. Still thinking that's not Kawhi Leonard. He is up there. But I'm not going to get ahead of longevity and body of work and what they put in. And, you know, if we're talking about the best, best player right now in the game after what Giannis did or didn't do against... LeBron James with Anthony Davis being in foul trouble makes me rethink playing ball at 35 years old might look a little differently come to the future if these guys do what LeBron James has done and take care of his body. Episode 20. Thank you for listening. I'm KP. This is the Mid-Range Podcast and I'm out.